Chapter Twenty Six of the Gray Man. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremiah Sutherland, Victoria, British Columbia. The Gray Man by S. R. Crockett. Chapter Twenty Six. Days of Quiet. I ran back to bid Marjorie return with us to Culzean, where at least we could keep her safe. She stood where we had left her, looking at the place where her love had lain. The marks of the crossed spears and certain drops of blood alone remained on the snow. At the sound of my voice she started as from a dream. Ah, Lancelot, she said, looking at me strangely, as though I too had been dead and in a newer life had unexpectedly confronted her. Do you think that I, who fear not fifty in the highway, fear one or two in the house of Achendrain? My work is not done there yet, she added till it be there i shall bide and with that she mounted and rode away never did i see a cavalcade ride home in such fashion after a victory there was not a man of us from coulain but went with his head hanging down like a little whipped cur and when we told sir thomas he was like to break his heart for he was a kindly man and had ever a great affection for bargany and nell when she heard it went out and stopped the boys that played at ball and shouted in the tennis court also to keep them sober she set them to learn their religion of which in common with all in that countryside say perhaps my master they had great need but strange to tell after the grief for bargany's death was a little bypassed among us there befell the quietest and most gracious time that ever had been in the house of coulain it was like the coming of joy after the rain the warm rain of pity which thawed our winter frozen hearts yet the things that happened during these months were many First of all there was the marrying of my pretty cruel Kate to Robert Harburg, who had at last gotten leave to depart from the Earl and the downsitting to settle on. So the day came that I had looked for to be so bitter to me, and lo, it was not bitter at all, for I stood beside Nell Kennedy in white, who was Kate Allison's best maid, and it was indeed a sight comely. Then it was that for the first time I honestly judged Nell to be more beautiful than her sister Marjorie, of which I have often thought since. When all was over, and Nell and I had done racing and throwing of old shoes after them, as they rode away together to their well-furnished house of Chitterlinty, it chanced that she and I walked home together. We were silent a long while. Then said I, Nell, do you remember how it was our daily use to quarrel? And so it may be again, she said, tossing her head. I wonder where the rope is, and the toe-steps that used to dangle from the white tower, she asked after a moment. They are e'en there yet, I said, if it be that you desire to go and see your lad. But be more timely, I pray you, in your homecoming, for now you have no excuse in the way of sisters. Then I remembered and was shamed. However, Nell paid no heed, but seemed to be thinking of something else. Nor have you now any excuse for going down by to Sandy the Greaves, she said, giving me tit for tat. Nell, said I, we are very good friends, are we not? Ay, said she dryly, brawly do I ken the reason of that. "'And what may the reason be?' I asked of her. "'Just that I am all there is left,' she said, "'so quickly that I declare the saying took the wind from me, "'like a sudden blow where one's breath bides. "'Nor do I yet know the answer to that, "'for on the surface of the thing there was certainly some reason in what she said. "'Oh, I am not proud,' she went on, "'and you and I are good friends and good company. "'I am e'en content to be mistress do no better.' "'Nell,' said I, going nearer to her and taking her hand, nell you and i are now to be more than that but she drew her hand away with a jerk try a new way of it she said i am not taking mistress catherine allison's cast-off sweet speeches 
so that base little wretch Kate Ellison had been at the telling of tales. After this I saw no better way out of the bog than to withdraw myself from her, and walk apart in that silent dignity which upon occasion I have at my command. No, Launce, she said, standing up with her hands behind her and her mouth pouted, you are a good lad enough, but simple. I knew that I would send you into the sulks, that was the reason I said it. If you take me for a sweet confection that melts in the mouth, you mistake me sorely. But I made no answer, not indeed having any to make, and so marched off by myself. Yet for all Nell's ill-treatment and scorning of me, I did not grieve any more for that minx Kate. For, as I was no long time in discovering, the pretty traitress had told Nell many of the sweet things I had said to her. I never imagined that girls told such speeches and love-makings the one to the other. I had always believed that a lass kept her own secrets, and only told other people's. It was indeed most true what Nell had cast up to me. I was but a simple lad. End of chapter 26